Welcome to KC Connect, brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations Team. Across this series of short episodes, we will provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for employers and discuss the case law shaping the employer relations landscape. My name is Terry McNamara, I'm the Regional Director of IBEX Northwest, and I'm joined by my colleague, Declan Thomas, Employer Relations Executive in IBEX Northwest. And for the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to discuss and explore the obligations on a claimant to mitigate their losses when taking a complaint for unfair dismissal to the WRC. Declan, the issue of a claimant's responsibility to mitigate their loss arises in WRC and Labour Court cases relating to unfair dismissal in particular. And sometimes it's left as an afterthought in terms of preparation for the case. What's your experience in this area? Thanks, Terry. Well, it's important to point out firstly how the concept of mitigation arises. Mitigation in law is the principle that a party who has suffered loss due to the actions of another has to take reasonable steps to minimise the amount of that loss. Now, as a general rule, a plaintiff will not be able to recover losses that could have been reasonably avoided. So in other words, This doctrine prevents an injured party from recovering damages that could have been avoided through reasonable efforts on their part. Therefore, an aggrieved party in any action simply cannot sit back and watch their losses accrue, Uh, and if they do so, then this failure to actively mitigate their loss can be raised as a full defence to a claim for compensation. This concept very often raises non-fair dismissal cases before the WRC and the Labour Court. So when considering a claim on the Unfair Dismissals Act, the WRC or the Labour Court must have regard to Section 72C of the Unfair Dismissals Act itself. So in accordance with this provision, amongst others of course, the Court will consider the amount of compensation which it deems as just and equitable in all the circumstances, as well as taking into account the measures adopted by the claimant, or indeed, as the case might be, the claimant's failure to adopt measures to mitigate their loss. So in the main, although the burden of proof rests with the employer in an unfair dismissal claim, there is also an active responsibility on the claimant or former employee to prove that they have tried earnestly to mitigate their losses that they have accrued due to the dismissal. Certainly. And what this boils down to is that they must show the adjudicator or indeed the Labour Court what measures they adopted in order to reduce their loss. Indeed, they're also expected to provide evidence to the court that they were out actively seeking other employment to lessen their financial burden. So where the court is satisfied that the claimant has, as a matter of fact, failed in their obligation to mitigate their loss, it may so determine that the appropriate redress is compensation, limited only to four weeks' pay, which they have the right to do, of course, in accordance with Section 71C2 of the Unfair Dismissals Act. So, Terry, what's your experience in dealing with this at a practical level in unfair dismissal cases before the WRC or the Labour Court? There's a number of ways that this matter can be dealt with. Firstly, prior to the hearing, in preparation, it is a useful exercise to send a notice of particulars to the claimant's representative, asking them pertinent questions in respect of the efforts made by the claimant to mitigate their loss and indeed asking them to produce evidence at the hearing to substantiate this. 
Although there's no obligation on the claimant or the representative to respond to this, it's a useful first step to establish whether or not they have commenced gainful employment to mitigate their loss since they're dismissed. It's also a useful first step in any pre-hearing discussions if there is a potential for a settlement in the case, if these are your instructions from the employer. Yes, Kate, that's a very effective way of dealing with it. And then, of course, when you get to the hearing itself, in terms of questioning the complainant, in cross-examination, you can ask them questions as to the specific efforts that they made to mitigate their loss. In terms of seeking alternative employment elsewhere, or indeed what proof they've submitted to support those efforts to mitigate their loss. And your notice of particulars is also a very effective way of calling out the claimant early on in proceedings. And as we have seen, this issue, a request for notice for particulars, if it has not been responded to by the claimant or the representative prior to the hearing, then the Labour Court may very well draw adverse inferences from that failure to respond to your notice for particulars. So what is your experience or how have the courts interpreted this duty of care on claimants in an unfair dismissal case to mitigate their loss following the termination of their employment? There's important case law from 1999 where the Employment Appeals Tribunal, as far as I'm concerned, set the bar in terms of what's expected from a dismissed employee, where they stated, and I quote, a claimant who finds himself out of work should employ a reasonable amount of time each weekday in seeking work. It is not enough to inform agencies that you are available for work, not merely to post an application to various companies seeking work, the time that a claimant finds of his hands is not his own, unless he chooses it to be, but rather to be profitably employed in seeking to mitigate his loss. So we can see it puts a stringent onus on the employee to mitigate their loss. And in more recent 2019 case, the Labour Court set out that it expects to see evidence that employees who are dismissed spend a significant portion of each normal working day while they're out of work, engaged actively in the pursuit of alternative employment. Yes, and it's really important also to point out that an assessment of compensation in an unfair dismissal case is based on a claimant's actual availability to work. So for example, where an employee attends a full-time education course following his dismissal, and this effectively withdraws them from the labour market then they're likely to receive no compensation at all for the loss during that period. And also refusing employment merely because it involves lower wages can also be a breach to mitigate their loss. Likewise, the refusal of an offer of re-employment with the same employer could be regarded as a failure to mitigate their loss. In a case, interestingly enough, earlier this year, a claimant gave evidence that he had not sought full-time employment due to the fact that it might affect his social welfare entitlements. And again, as a result to this disclosure at the hearing, his compensation was restricted only to four weeks pay. And another interesting point to make is that it's very often a dismissed employee might subsequently be claiming a social welfare payment such as illness benefit. And this is important because that effectively means that for that period when they were unavailable for work due to illness, they also may be regarded as having no losses during that period. A more recent case from this year in February 2022, in which I represented the employer, illustrates that concept very well. 
This was an unfair dismissal case following a redundancy where the findings of the WRC was against the employer in terms of the dismissal being deemed unfair and the adjudicator awarded the claimant in that case 14,000 euros. Now in this instance the claimant had produced very little evidence to support his efforts to search for new employment after a dismissal. And obviously the matter was appealed then to the Labour Court who heard evidence that the claimant had embarked on a full-time course to retrain as a HGB driver. And interestingly enough, the court's view on that was that the claimant appeared to have devoted his full time and attention to that course and thereby as a result made himself unavailable for work during that period. So the court viewed this as either the claimant having deemed himself unavailable for work during that period or he consciously made a decision that there was no effort to mitigate his loss during that period. So as a consequence then, the Labour Court reduced the award substantially from 14,000 euros down to 1,900 euros, which was effectively four weeks pay in accordance with section 71C of the Unfair Dismissals Act that we mentioned earlier. And interestingly enough, in this case as well, the claimant and his legal representative were on notice of their obligation to provide details of their efforts to mitigate their loss and had failed to actually respond to the notice for particulars. So just in conclusion, what do you think are the key takeaways from listening to this podcast? In conclusion, it's important to prepare properly for this part of your case in terms of defending a complaint prior to any hearing before the WRC or the Labour Court. It's also vital to ensure that adequate inquiries are made in relation to the claimant's efforts to mitigate their financial loss. And as part of this process, we've pointed out that it's good practice to contact the other side asking them to produce evidence to that effect, either prior to or at the subsequent hearing, and to ensure that you are prepared for this party or cross-examination of the claimant at that hearing. That concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. For more content like this, be sure to explore the audio hub on ibec.ie and follow ibec on Twitter at ibec underscore IRL for more updates. Thank you.